0: a piece for orchestra by Sean Opebolo called "Kutumbwa Kivumbi, which in Swahili means Stomp the Dust. That was the Wheaton College Symphony Orchestra giving the work's world premiere. Welcome to Relevant Tones. I'm Stephen Anthony Rawson, and today we're featuring a conversation I had with a good friend of mine, composer Sean Opebolo. Sean is a Chicagoland-based composer and composition professor at Wheaton College. We've been wanting to sit down and talk about his music like this for a while now, so we're going to dive right in. Well, I wanted to start by uh, just talking about your album that came out early this okay. year. The name of your album is Lord, How Come Me Here? You know, when we first met each other back in 2018, when I moved to Chicago, you were talking a lot about arranging spirituals at the time. And I was wondering, well, that so first off, how did this album come about?
1: Well, it's actually... Um maybe a companion album or the sequel, if you will, to our first album together. We, we did an album in 2014 called Steal Away. I love that album, that, that's my baby. And uh, Will Liverman, Janae Bridges, um, Paul uh, Sanchez, um, my wife, Dorothy, uh, the viola, she, she's on there, flute, um, King Thomas Lorenus. And that's an album of my reimagination of spirituals. I don't like to say arrangements, because I think they're re- I'm reimagining them in my own way. Yeah. They're compositions, um, to be frank, but um, with amazing source material, obviously. And so we did that first album. Uh, it was a success. Um, and, and they were pretty early career then. Uh, after that album, not because of the album, but after that album, Will and Janay and Paul, we just exploded, you know? Uh, and so um, they've been everywhere. I, I, I mean, if you just you probably know already your your audience but if you just google them they're everywhere oh, yeah. um and I, I i said i said you know around 2018 i said you know what let's do another one and they said yes and so we did another one and this is um i really love this album it's different than my first album you know it's it's still my aesthetic my voice but but i took it a little different direction and 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 the musicians on there are just again Phenomenal, um, and I, I couldn't be be happier that the gang came back.
0: These spirituals we hear them in so many different contexts today we hear them you know some of them are sung in church every sunday some of them right. are some of them are sung by choirs of all levels some of them we we you know we hear constantly by these great gospel singers and gospel groups and i, I love that you use uh reimagining because i mean these <laughs> these compositions they're unlike they're unlike any versions of, of these spirituals that I've, I've ever heard they're incredible
1: you know what's beautiful about these spirituals is that you know first of all they came out of one of the worst times in American history you know being slaves, enslaved Africans you know the, the period of slave of slavery and this beautiful art form came from that and it, it's infused its way into into popular culture you know from I mean yeah. they reference it in in The Lion King right you know and, and, and people you know grew up singing these you know these, these pieces some of them they may have not have known were by enslaved Africans, like he's got the whole world in his hands. That's something people that go to church, it's like, it's like the first song we learn in Sunday school, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and so, and that's, what's interesting. I, I want to bring in my own way. I want to um, highlight these works that are so part of American culture. And it's just so the people who may not necessarily know of some of them or know of them, but not know where it came from can we experience
0: it? So when you sit down with the source material, maybe you could just walk me a little bit through the process. Maybe I could, we could look at a particular song like Ride on King Jesus.
1: So my writing process, um, I start with the text. As soon as you have text to a piece of music, it becomes the most important part. And so the text of these Negro Slave songs are so powerful. They're simple, but they have multiple meanings. They have so much depth. So, I read a text to myself. I read it out loud. I have people read the text to me. I read commentary on the text. And then what I do is I try to place myself in the context of when the text was written. You know, I don't, again, I'm not trying to say I can understand slavery, even though I'm a black American and there is a systemic issue that come from slavery. I still try to place myself in the context. And so for example, I just referenced that he's got the whole world in his hands. That's a song that we sing. It's kind of a happy tune. It's got the whole world. It is hands right. We I mean, we sing it in, in in church. But then I'm thinking, you know, uh, you know, how would an enslaved mother sing that song? And um, and if you listen to my setting, uh, he's got the whole one of his hands on this on this album, uh, it's, it's like a lullaby. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's like you know. I mean, is it a happy tune? Is it a hopeful tune? Mm-hmm. Is the song where the mom is? Is the question like, I mean, do I believe he's got the whole in his hands? If, if I'm living this life like this, and so, and so and so and so that's why a song that's so upbeat and peppy in, in today's terms, I said it in a different way, more reflective, uh, more of a lullaby, and I do that with all of these um, arrangements. I, I just try to, I try to, you know, put it in the context of when it was written and, and reimagine it that way.
0: Yeah, I love what you do with. He's got the whole world in his hands. Like exactly what you're saying. Like I'm. I'm so used to, you know, hearing it that way. The whole congregation's singing it, um, and it's so right. personal and intimate and and direct. The way you said it as like a lullaby, subdued and full of, you know, uh, full of this tenderness. Uh, I I guess I I perceive tenderness in in that. Right. Yep. I I do really like uh, your setting of Right on King Jesus. I've loved. Uh, I've loved different arrangements of that. But I mean, it's got so much energy. It hits you yeah. right away. It's kind of funky. It's got, yeah, right. you know, you, uh, I'm, I'm curious when you're also looking at incorporating gospel elements of writing and drawing mm-hmm. from different styles, like how, how do you, when when do you think about that? How do you incorporate that into your own writing?
1: Yeah, again, it, it starts with the text, you know, and, and, that, and that piece was inspired in part by the John Carter really boisterous, you know, uh, uh, setting of right on to Jesus. It it doesn't sound like Carter's arrangement Mm -hmm. of it, but, but I got the energy from that. And so, and so so that was, um, uh, first of all, my my starting point, but again, with the text, you know, that to me is this song about the hope of heaven in the most exciting Mm -hmm. ways. You know, it's like, you know, I'm going to get there. I can't wait. You know, the word ride, you know, what does that mean? Like, Thinking of riding in the car, you know, like 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 having a good time, oh, you know. Yeah. Um, also, the idea of um, relying on Jesus. So that was that was uh, the approach, and I, and that was you know a quasi jazz funk. I don't know what it is gospel. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's just so much energy. Um, I just went for it, and um, Janae sang that piece masterfully. You know, um, it definitely stands out. I think in the album because it's it's it has uh, this energy. That is, you know, uh, propelled by, I think, interesting chords
2: and, and rhythm.
3: Kings, he is the Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ, first. Ever.
0: It's a really cool song. If you can't tell, I love Sean's reimagining of Ride on King Jesus. We heard that and we also heard a little bit earlier He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. Both of those were performed by Janae Bridges and Paul Sanchez. So let's get back to our conversation with Sean. Segue into uh, Two Black Churches and that that piece. This is a really powerful setting of of two different poems. One, um, uh, Dudley Randall's the Ballad of Birmingham and mm-hmm. another one that you commissioned, is that right? Is it, And it's by Marcus right. Amaker?
1: Yep, a brilliant poet. He's a poet laureate of Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. A brilliant, brilliant poet. And I've since collaborated with him on a couple of other projects.
0: Yeah. Um, how did you two get in touch?
1: So I, I write this piece for Will and Paul, and um, we knew that we, we settled on The Ballad of Birmingham. And I, I said, you know, I want to do a piece about an atrocity in another church um and that was um, obviously something that we've lived through in 2015 the bomb i mean the, the the shooting of mother emmanuel church paul is a professor at the college of charleston and he told me about this local poet this poet laureate uh, marcus amaker Stephen, you know me i have no shame and so i just, just like cold emailed him or facebook yeah. or something <laughs> and i said listen man you do not know me but i have this project and are you interested in being a part of it?" And he, he agreed. And since talking with Marcus, um, he'll tell you that like, you know, he was tired of writing poems about black pain, you know? And then I get that, you know, writing music about black pain is, is in many ways traumatic, uh, but cathartic in, in a beautiful way too. And, and, um, but he, he listened to some of my music, he, you know, he Googled me and, and the performers, and he's like, you know what? I, I feel good about this project he wrote was absolutely brilliant and genius and, and he's from there you know, uh, yeah. he lives there and so it came from a very special place and that movement, it's a metaphor on on flooding, I mean you know, Charleston's a coastal town you have, you have floods and, and it was like the you know, the weight of oppression it, 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 it's, it's drowning us
0: the te- I mean the text is <laughs> really, it's really powerful, I've got it here in front of me I could read a little bit, I mean the, the opening stanza is uh, when the reality of racism returns, all joys tread water in oceans of, of buried emotion.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting. That moment is, is a cappella, mm-hmm. right? And then on the word emotion, I quote the hymn, Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Uh, that is uh, uh, one of the hymns that was sung in the first church service uh, after the shooting. I wanted to add that 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 hymn in, in there in my music. I use a lot of musical quotations, uh, and I, not not to sound like overly pretentious or whatever, because I'm I, it's not like that. But I really think deeply about what I'm writing. You know, every note, you know, the meaning, and, and so it's not just me writing the text. I'm researching the church. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I am watching sermons. You know, I'm reading about the guy who committed the atrocity. That movement is based on nine chords. Mm-hmm. Okay, nine people died that day. There's a chord for every person, and it wasn't just I just did nine cool chords. I, I said, you know, I read the name of this person, their age. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of made up my own narrative because you know not much is written about some of these people. said, this sounds like this person in my world.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay, and, and yes. it's and that helped again uh, set the tone of the piece. You know, made it really personal.
0: You had, you had mentioned feeling tired of writing pieces about black pain, pieces that explore that. The, the the last line, or the last stanza is, and we are still trying not to taste the salt of our surrounding blues, or face the rising tide of black pain. Can you tell me a little bit about how that last stanza feels to you, or how that resonates with you? And, and
1: Yeah! I mean, acting to just get emotional just reading it. You're reading it, it's just so powerful, yeah. just hearing hearing it in that context. To me, it's it's a notion that, like, this is still going on, right? So it's interesting. The two black churches came about because Will wanted to write a piece in response to a shooting of an unarmed black man, okay? In an interview, you know, way after the fact, we told that that story that, that you know, why, how it came about it was a response to a shooting of an unarmed black man by a police officer and the host said um so which shooting was it and we could not remember mm-hmm. yeah. which is sad like there's been so many i think we, we decided that it was Ronald castile who uh, is near, neck in the woods in minnesota but but th- that's how it was and then the notion in general that this piece is about two churches two atrocities that happened in churches by the hands of white supremacists happened what decades apart one in the 60s and one in you know 2015, right? Um, and, and it's the notion that this is still happening. This black pain is still happening. And so, so that was the idea of the piece. And, and his text just beautifully just captured that.
0: I know we haven't talked a lot about the first movement, um, the Ballad mm-hmm. of Birmingham. Um, I love the text for that, too. And I think the delivery of it, listening to that that first movement and experiencing it in real time, mm-hmm. is is such a journey. The story yeah. that's being told about about this mother—it's na- its narrative. It's very—it mm-hmm. it tells a very clear story about this girl going to going to church that morning and, and mm-hmm. wanting to, wanting to go to this, asking about this freedom rally at the beginning and the right. Of, mm-hmm. No, you need to go. Oh, I... it's
1: so much irony, you know. It's like you know this this this, this young girl is, is saying to her mom, mom, you know, I I, I want to go march for freedom downtown. No, you can't do that, it's too dangerous. They have dogs, they have police officers, it's too mm-hmm. dangerous. But what you can do is go to church, you know, a safe place. But mama, we don't want to go. No, she goes to church and and then the bombing happens, a place of refuge, right? Yeah. Just like Charleston, Mother Emanuel, a place of refuge, you know, um, and, and so it's a beautiful narrative poem. It's different than, than the second movement. And so you know, um, and and and, um, and even, even I think even more so in this in this movement, uh, you really hear the role of the piano driving the narrative. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think the introduction is over a minute long. I, I try to evoke that narrative and the music. I mean, it's it's devastating.
0: It really is. It's a tremendously beautiful piece of music, though, Sean. It's it's. A... Thank you.
4: star uh-huh. The mother smiled to know her child was in the sacred. (laughs) Whoa. <laughs> Whoa.
0: Something I'm really excited to talk to you about is your Chicago Opera Theater Residency that you've got going on okay. right now. Uh, I don't know how much of that you can talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> no,
1: I, I, yeah, I can talk about it, yeah. I mean, I'm in the thick of it right now, so.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. How has it been? Um, I mean, I, I know, uh, you know, I follow you on Instagram. You got to meet Erilyn Wallen, That's incredible. Uh, you know, when she had Cuamino's Map. Um, what What's your experience been like so far as the resident, Composite Residence?
2: Yeah. That
1: has been an absolutely amazing experience. So uh, this is a very unique residency. What they want is an established composer who's never written for opera, okay? Because it's a different world. You know, no matter how much music I've written, no matter how much of a, quote, expert I am, you know, I'm using quote. you know. Uh, if you've never written for opera, it's just a different world. And so that program, I to call it learning how to write opera by immersion. I go to all the productions. I am involved in, you know, observing staging, and I talk with directors. I talk with actors, singers, stage people. We meet with industry people, whether they're they're directors, composers, companies. We go see tons of opera, whether it's at the Lyric or at the Met, Minnesota Opera. Um, It's been just a rewarding experience. I've got to meet some amazing composers. You mentioned Aaron Wallen, and she's. Probably one of our favorite people on this planet. She's she's a brilliant composer. She's hilarious. She's unique. She's eccentric in all the in all the right ways. She's so down to earth. We had lunch, um, and I was uh, you know walking her back to her hotel while she was here, you know, doing Cuomo's math. And so we stopped at Macy's. So I'm like going shopping at Macy's, I'm go with Aaron wall It was just <laughs> great, you know. Um, but uh, these really unique experiences that I'm going to treasure for forever.
0: Opera is one of the things that particularly on this podcast I love talking about. Your residency is going to be writing a writing a piece, right? And Right. Yeah. Uh, have you thought about that at all? Is that something that you can talk about oh, right now? <laughs>
1: yes, yes. Yeah, I'm writing it right now. Uh, my librettist is Mark Campbell. Oh, yeah. Who is, I would say, a brilliant librettist. Uh, his opera, um, several years ago, uh, I Pulitzer with Kevin Putt, Silent Night. Um, right. So he's he's an incredible librettist. So the opera is called The Cook-Off. Cool. And it's pretty much a, like a cooking show. It's a comedy. And it's funny. I I wanted to do an opera about something that I love. food. Uh, you know, I'm a foodie. Something different. Um, not an opera that's very heavy, you know, because I've been doing things like Two Black Churches and, and even Unknown, uh, which is about the... With an unknown soldier. You know, I, I want to do something that has meaning. With a comedy, and it's about something that everyone likes, and, and, and food. And so, uh, it's a very high energy opera. At least for right right now, it is. Um, you know, about halfway through it, or about maybe two thirds way through, through writing the opera, and it's just pretty energetic. Um, it's definitely one of the most difficult pieces I've ever written. Comedy in opera is hard to do. You know, I mean, you have to go back to Mozart or, or, or Puccini's, Johnny's Kiki to find someone who did it great. But also, again, it's something that I've never done before. You know, I'm used to working with singers. i used to work with text. But a whole narrative, uh, you know, is it's one thing. But also, you have to think of staging. Uh, but what I've learned, though, in this process, working with directors and choreographers, and it's the most collaborative art form. You know, I'm like this huge extrovert, if you don't know me. And I love people. I love being around people. And so this is like right up my alley. Because it's not just me. Tons of people trying to make this thing come alive. So I'm super excited about it. It's going to be premiered May 11.
0: That's awesome. I love that you're writing a comedy. That's that's so cool. I want to talk a little bit about some of your instrumental work. I got to listen to one of your more recent piano pieces. Correct me if I'm wrong. It was premiered for Ear Taxi. This is Mi Sueño um, Afro yeah. Flamenco.
1: Pianist named Claire Logendike who premiered it, okay. and uh, she commissioned several composers to write uh, a response to Ravel's, uh "Miroir," and she just took my writing and brought it to my life in such you know, an amazing way.
0: It's quite a challenging and virtuosic piece. Like I, I mean, I watched the performance, and I, you know, my fingers start to twitch a little bit. Uh, right. Some of those, some of those repeated note triplets. I was like, right. oh, whoa.
1: I want to say the, um, the, the really fast notes, I mean, repeated notes, I think it's in G-sharp, is actually a reference to that movement in, uh, I think it's movement 4.
0: Yeah, uh, 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 El, El Morado del Gracioso.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the movement, which has a very Spanish um, idea, right? So the last trip I went on, the last international trip I went on before the pandemic was Barcelona. Uh, which is an amazing city. It's one of my favorite world cities if you have never been. Um, and uh, but you know Barcelona, you have to experience you know you know the, the flamenco dancing and playing. And, and so this piece was almost a personal one to me. It, it was it was it was it was a it, 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 I, 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 it was a piece uh, written in, during the pandemic, remembering a time where things were more normal and, and, and longing for that time again. Also. Um, in this stage in my um, career as a composer, I embrace African and African-American culture in my music, you know, that's who I am. And so I wanted to add that Afro element to it. That's so why I called it Afro, Afro Flamenco because it's, that's a very unique, you know, fusion of certain, you know, Afro-Latino styles with, 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 with a Flamenco style. Me,
0: where, Suenio, um, where does my, my dream come? Uh, where did you get that title from? I mean, I know you were talking about thinking, thinking back before uh, the pandemic and what times were like, is that, is that a direct reference That's to that? That's it.
1: When one thinks of uh, precious music, you think of, you know, dreams, you know, the whole tone scale, you know, the lydian you know, scale. Uh, and so I wanted to capture that idea, but take it to my own personal dreams. It, you get a dream where, where, remember, this is right in the middle of the pandemic. Where you're like oh my gosh when is it going to be normal again it's my dream for the world to be back to normal again and not just like in terms of pandemic in terms of like even in our country how we're just so polarized and like it's not normal you know in the last presidency um it was just it, it was horrible <laughs> like um uh, how much division one man caused and then you know, and people just kind of enable that, and now we're in this position where, I mean, I, I, I remember a time where you can speak, you can have totally different political views, or religious views, or social views, and still coexist and like like each other, right? And, and that's part of my dream too, is to return back to a time where we can just be different and coexist in such beautiful ways, and learn from each other. We're, we're not there anymore. Right
2: Thank you.
0: I was wondering if there are other things coming up that you would like to talk about a little bit, things that you've got going on that we should keep keep on our radar right now.
1: Yeah, um, a lot, but... Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll say, I'll talk about one uh, quickly. Um, I have this world premiere of this huge song cycle called Songs in Flight. It's gonna be premiered at the Met Life Art Series at the Metropolitan Museum of Art, um, and then in, in Philadelphia soon afterwards. It's a song cycle um, for Will Liverman again, uh, soprano Karen Slack, Countertenor Reginald Mobley, Howard Watkins the pianist, and uh, Rhiannon Giddens, who is you know pretty hot right now in terms of both in the popular and some, somewhat in classical. And so that's going to be premiered in January, and that is a powerful, powerful piece. Oh, I should say the curator of the poetry and the of some of the pieces is TT's Jaji, uh, professor Duke. She's incredible. But the piece is based on these ads that were placed during the um, time of slavery about runaway slaves. Oh, wow. And so you'll have like, you know, a boy age, you know 17, you know, ran away and, and his description. And the thing that gets me is the reward. I and mean, they put a dollar sign on how much the these people will work when they thought they were work. It's like an hour-long song cycle. It's, 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 um, it's, it's, it's based on, on, on these on these ads.
0: It's an hour-long song cycle? Uh, it's, it's long. It's, I feel like an oh. opera. Like, that's my opera. Yeah. Okay, right?
1: yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah.
1: So that's coming up and some other exciting things. Um, the Houston Symphony uh, is performing one of my orchestra pieces here uh, next month, I should say. Um, I have a piece that's going to be at the um, uh, Chamber Music Society um, at the Lincoln Center, and some some other of uh, other other exciting things. So um, I'm truly I feel truly blessed uh, to have these experiences.
0: Yeah, yeah, Sean, you've had so much going on. Your career is I mean, it, it's it's taken off.
1: I'm grateful, and I, I don't take it for granted. And grateful for all the experiences i have had I'm having, but also I'm grateful for this. Hopefully, seemingly new look on what classical music is, and a lot of people who look like me are just writing a lot of music in in orchestras and choirs and opera houses. You know, they're doing more to perform music by women composers, black composers, Latin composers. Um, we still have a long way to go, but I just love I love seeing you know, especially younger composers, just like writing music and they're killing it. Like they're just like you know, and, and 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 I mean, I'm inspired by great art.
0: A great big thank you to Sean Opebolo for taking the time to talk with me. Go check him out and stay tuned for those premieres he has coming up. Also, his albums are really easy to get your ears on, so if you liked what you heard today, go listen to Steal Away, go listen to Lord How Come Me Here. That's it for our show today. I'd like to acknowledge all the performers featured here, the Wheaton College Symphony Orchestra, Will Liverman, Janae Bridges, Paul Sanchez, and Claire Longendyke. Relevant Tones is a production of Access Contemporary Music. A nonprofit organization with the goal of bringing musical creativity to life every day. Come check us out at acmusic.org.